This is a podcast by The Straits Times. IBM is a technology company to start with, and what we focus on is hybrid cloud and AI. We are operating in many, many countries, serving 175 countries. We proud ourselves as a big research company and a research organization. I think we still have, and for many decades, have had one of the largest industrial research organizations globally. We have 3,000 researchers and 12 research labs across the world, and we have 270,000 employees approximately. And um, we have a very large consulting business where we help clients streamline their processes, run down costs, include AI into their business processes, etc. That was Agnes Hefberger, the general manager for IBM in Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand and Korea. Not that IBM needs introduction. It is, after all, 112 years old. But over more than a century, the tech firm that gave the world its first mainframe computer the beloved ThinkPad and chess champion supercomputer Deep Blue has evolved. Today, we have on our show two extremely different tech companies, but they share one common mission to solve the world's problems. We are reintroducing grand tech dame IBM together with an exciting 25 year old company that literally carries the world's digital services. But first, welcome to World Talk. I am Chris Wu. This is the fifth episode of our mini-series, Where the Tech Jobs Are. In each episode, I invite two tech leaders to demystify what their companies do and say what innovations they have their eyes trained on. They also tell what it's like to work in their firms. Our other guest comes from Econix, a global digital infrastructure company. Here's Liang Yimei, its Managing Director for South Asia, telling us, what Econix does. So infrastructure, the cloud actually resides in servers. The servers need to connect to other servers and all these servers sit in data centers in different parts of the world and the data needs to be exchanged across different parts of the city and different parts of the world and it needs to come from the internet into the service. And and that's essentially what we do. So a normal individual would have gone in and out of our data centers several times a day because by sheer fact that they assess the internet, that's what we call the digital infrastructure. We have about over 200 and close to 250 data centers now in uh, 37 metros and we are still growing. So, you know, and all these data centers are all, all connected around the world. In the last eight months, we are witnessing the start of what some call the game changer of any lifetime, generative AI. I asked Ime and Agnes how their companies see the technology. Everybody's talking about generative AI and there is really a big potential there that we do see specifically in AI for the enterprise. In a recent survey among CEOs, it was striking. I mean, 75% of global CEOs say they fundamentally believe that companies that use AI at scale in their own organizations will have a significant competitive advantage over companies that do not use AI 
at scale. So this is really an era that we are starting now. We see that we need a lot less data to actually train models and we can speed up the ROI massively. IBM is putting its states into Watson X, named after one of its pioneers. Watson X is an AI and data platform designed to help firms build foundation and learning models. It also helps businesses scale the use of AI across business functions. Like many AI tech offerings, Watson X pitches responsible and ethical AI use. Companies need to be sure they understand what data has the AI that they use uh, been trained on and you know who owns this data and what's the quality of the data and how do they make sure their employees or their clients, their consumers who interact with AI actually know that they're interacting with AI and can be sure that that's an accurate outcome. It will be the same with quantum computing. Um, we need to make sure that the data models that we use do not have any bias so that the outcome is reliable. Sometimes taking the high road also means giving up the low-hanging fruit. I mean, it's already a couple of years ago that we as IBM decided that there are a couple of technologies that are technically possible, but that we don't want to engage in because we just don't feel that it does serve the purpose that we want to serve. We are not going in the world of uh, facial recognition, for example. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's get back to our chats with Agnes Hefberger, General Manager for IBM in ASEAN ZK, Liang Yimei, Managing Director in South Asia for Econix. I want to introduce our special young guest, Aaron Lim. Aaron is a student studying data science and AI at Nanyang Technological University of Singapore. He is also a deputy leader at the International Council of Malaysian Scholars a student-run group that brings together a global network of Malaysians. What excites Aaron and his peers in the world of technology? What excites me and possibly most of my friends us is how we fit into the bigger picture, you know. If you are telling me that, okay, I'm a, let's say, data engineer doing ABC tasks, talking to XYZ people in the, on a day-to-day -day basis, that is probably very underwhelming. Aaron has very high standards. But if you take, like, let's say Equinix as another example, Equinix partners with Dell, if I'm not wrong, and I get to work with this pairing of Dell hardware and probably, you know, Equinix cloud automation. It sounds very intriguing and, to be fair, sexy. Not just doing typical office work or lab work, but actually being part of the innovation that is core to a company's identity and the society. It will also be projects like IBM's collaboration with the Cleveland Clinic in the United States that make him tick says Aaron. The partners are deploying quantum computing, AI, and hybrid cloud to make new discoveries in biomedical science. The collaboration we have around quantum computing with the Cleveland Clinic is one of many examples where we're collaborating on the research side. For example, we're collaborating with NASA, where we are developing AI foundational models to basically use the data set that NASA has to actually predict climate changes and the impact it has, for example, on floodings in various parts of the world. And what I really, really feel as excited about as you are is bringing some of this research into, for example, in Singapore or in ASEAN or ASEAN CK, Australia, New Zealand, Korea, as well as ASEAN. To Aaron's point about the bigger picture, here's what Ime has to say. 
If you then look at Aquinics, uh, Aaron, you know, we help enable these uh, individuals to to run their businesses all around the world. And we equally work with uh, a lot of startups, you know, and we, we help them build their performance hubs and their data hubs, you know, and uh, equally we are working with institutions around the world to facilitate genomics, you know, because a genomics ecosystem is a big one that we are looking at next and clearly like autonomous vehicles, smart cities, you know, so when you really marry technology with education, with real outcomes, and you touch humanity positively, um, that, that's where it becomes very meaningful. IBM, which made over 60 billion US dollars in revenue last year, has been in Singapore for seven decades. I asked Agnes what have been its highlights here. We're very proud of our 70th uh, birthday that we're celebrating this year here in, in Singapore. And also, I think you do find many IBM alumni in the tech industry here and uh, also shaping the tech community here in Singapore. I mean, if we think back that already in the 1950s, we had IBM punch card machines here, the first computer installed in the 60s. And up to now, like looking at um, more recent times, right, where we are collaborating, for example, with the Monetary Authority of Singapore or Singapore Land Authority and, you know, using AI and you know, using everything that we have in our tools to just make life better here in Singapore. I mean, there are so many things that we do on a day-to-day basis here in Singapore, in ASEAN, in Asia-Pacific. We also have our Asia-Pacific headquarters here. For clinics. Champagne bottles were popped recently when they backed one of four pilots awarded by the government to build new data centres here. Why is that a big deal? Singapore imposed a moratorium on data centres in 2019. That means pause on all new data centres as the government reviewed the setup of these buildings that cost electricity to keep the servers inside them cool. Winners would have to prove that they could deliver more computing power for the country sustainably. You know, we are clearly very excited with the results. You know, for us, fundamentally, interconnected digital infrastructure and ecosystems, which I mentioned earlier, have a really key and pivotal role to play in the continued growth of Singapore's digital economy. And and equally as it stands, we already power Singapore's essential services. Singapore is a big destination for all our customers and our partners. And it's been challenging in terms of capacity recently, but there's finally light at the end of the tunnel. So we are very happy. Equinix made over $7 billion US dollars in revenue last year. It is also building new data centres in Batam and Johor, which will go towards supporting interconnectivity within the region. You know, the ASEAN market is is one which has huge potential. The combined GDP is something we are looking at as uh, a second biggest GDP next to China by the year 2030. And, you know, Singapore continues to play a very key role as an adjacent node to these its neighbours. You know, so I think that's equally the opportunity that presents to ourselves because the markets, the unicorns that are emerging around the region. We've equally launched the Aquinix Foundation, which focuses on bridging the digital divide. I asked Ime, what opportunities are there for job seekers? 
we have many, many different roles in, in Equinix, from people in sales to people in product development to people in engineering. Uh, we equally have our own design and construction teams, you know. Uh, we also have business development teams, you know. So we are constantly looking for talent. So clearly, uh, people with a very uh, curious mindset that really understand solutions and really understand uh, a wider perspective of the ICT space are also individuals we are very keen to bring on board. We also are, are always looking for, for people that are very keen to focus on sustainability. So, what must someone like Aaron, or even a mid-career person who wants to join Equinix or IBM, do to get noticed? I have a son that's 25 years old, so he's about where Aaron is. I mean, you know, I, I've told him, I said, you've graduated from a good school. I said, when you go for interviews, I'm, nobody's going to take your exam, but you need to demonstrate that ability to be able to connect, to be able to understand the world, uh, to be able to connect the problems and provide the solutions and, and articulate it in a way where you can communicate succinctly, clearly, and that people want to get on board to work with you. The person has that basic foundation of knowledge, but the person needs to also equally be able to learn quickly, intellectually curious, person that, that really thrives on change, you know, has that grit, that determination. Like for myself, I had no knowledge in energy, no knowledge in sustainability, but I had to ramp that up myself. But I think the foundation that we are just looking for is people with a passion to work on innovations that really make a difference. And, you know, we talked about learning a lot. I think that's a, you know, it's a standard in today's world, not only in the tech industry, I think everywhere. I want to talk about culture. The IBM dress code of blue suit, button-down shirt, for example, is legendary. Its slogan was, think. Corporate Japan reportedly tried to learn its corporate culture and business style as the country we built after the war. What is it like working for IBM today? Obviously, if you have 112 years of history, there is a lot of history already, right? And, you know, there is a myth and legend created, but there is also a lot of reinvention, a lot of learning, a lot of continuous progress that happens along um, 112 years. And I think the, the beauty in working for a tech company that is that long is that we marry both things, the fascination and the focus on the very new and the cutting edge paired with experience in things like being able to say, oh my God, we had female vice presidents in the 40s, 1940s. So there is, I would say, institutional culture building around key topics that we feel very strong about, like, like inclusion and diversity. It does go along with the continuous reinvention that IBM is known for. Right? I mean, at one point, inventing the mainframe, which still today is key for you know, many banks, many airlines, many kind of really critical companies in the world, inventing the personal computer, you know, the net e-business, and so on and so forth. In the last 20 years, we have seen the rise of big tech companies like Meta, Apple, Amazon, and Google. I asked Agnes and Emei what distinguishes them from these companies. We feel so strongly about innovation, but not in a way that says either it comes from us or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't exist. Quantum computing is a perfect example. From the beginning of our work on quantum computing, we said, you know, this is this is something that we wanna 
create an open innovation way. We want others to contribute to it. We want to create an ecosystem of, you know, startups, academic institutions, companies, other tech companies, partners that we have to really advance technology. So I think if, you know, we have to describe IBM in one term, I would say it's this open innovation community. Acronis is a 25-year-old company, uh, and we clearly was just included in the Fortune 500 in June 2021. So very young compared to, to IBM. And our purpose statement really is, is to be the platform where the world comes together to enrich world life and planet. So that purpose statement alone really uh, points to its people, humanity, because uh, you know, it's a very people company. We do a lot of impact work. You know, we are looking to bridge the digital divide. It's question time. Yeah, I have a question for you, Erin. If you look at the world around you, it doesn't matter if it's the business world or just society at large, which problem, which challenge would you love to see solved with technology? I come from a very manufacturing background because my mother works in a Japanese steel manufacturing company. And my father works in Dell. So I get this very mixed background. And every day uh, growing up, I see one who is actually talking about problems and another is like in front of the front of the problem. So I feel like some of their work are very manual. We are responsible to make people's life easier and even better in a sense. So I feel like if I want to be part of the solution of a real life issue, I feel like it's going to be something that is multidimensional. So Aaron wants to make people's lives easier. But that will need more than just financial, economic, scientific, or political solutions. It may not even be a single problem, he says. It doesn't have to be just a linear problem. It has to be something that everyone gets to play with. So, Aaron, I I have a question for you as well. I think, um, you know, if I look at my generation, we were all told to just go and get make sure that we make a good living and uh, put, you know, because our parents grew up from the Second World War, right? And clearly uh, your generation is very different. So what are the three things, top three things that is most important for you in your adult lives? So number one, I feel like is going to be recognition and acknowledgement to play our part, to get that recognition and acknowledgement is something that I feel like it's something that I'm looking for, even from the start of my career. And number two is, again, the people that we work with, the work that we are doing. So if we have the autonomy to say, okay, this is the decision that we think that it is best for the company, and we actually have people to listen to our opinion and then actually take into account, like, okay, this is, uh, from your perspective, this is good. If we look at the company pyramid, right, usually it's like, a top-down scenario whereby the top gives down uh, you know, instructions and then probably the best way of putting this is like the bottom people will provide solution and then reasoning and whatnot. But I feel like a bottom-up approach is also very important. To sum up, number one is, for me, is the acknowledgement and recognition. Number two is the people that we work with. It's not just colleagues, but also uh, people uh, above you and below you, right? You know, the entire system is all just people, essentially. And then, the final thing is autonomy in deciding, uh, in decision-making. I am gutted that romance and money don't feature in Aaron's top three list. 
To put it in a good way, I'm I, I'm a very career-driven person. <laughs> Perhaps our young generation needs re-education of parties, fun, love, and riches. Thank you for your company today, and thank you to our guests Agnes, Ime, and promising young Aaron. If you'd like to read more about the topic, we have links in the show notes. It's been a pleasure having your company on this episode twenty of Work Talk. A Straits Times podcast to help you think deeper, work smarter, and get ahead in your work life. I am Chris Bu, and on behalf of our producer Tio Tongkai and the production team headed by Ernest Lewis, have a good work week. That was a podcast by the Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by the Straits Times, the Business Times, and Money FM eighty-nine point three, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.